Welcome to the Count on Me Culture. I'm Lisa Urick, talking today about why people don't want to be managers anymore. Uh, this is a show about the sandemic, about the fact that uh, we didn't make enough babies. 30 years ago, and according to the Pew Research Center, if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard this before, we uh, didn't make enough people to replace the exiting baby boomers. And just like we've tracked so many things with the baby boomers uh, throughout the last 100 years of history, we can track this huge labor force change. And we knew it was coming. We didn't talk about it. We didn't think about it. We didn't plan for it. But it happened in the end of 2019 Beginning of 2020, uh, we had hit a critical labor force uh, deficit. By February of 2020, 72% of small businesses said, we can't find our people. And that was the worst result since the World War II. So I say this all the time because I think it's not yet in our public awareness, in our shared awareness, that we are in a profoundly different labor Environment. I know we feel it and we see it and we experience it every time we stop through a drive through or go in a restaurant or go to Lowe's or any other store. We see it all the time. And I want to add a new layer today because uh, Entrepreneur Magazine and Harvard Business Review, several folks have focused this month on the unique uh, trend that they've noticed that folks don't want to be managers anymore. So we are dealing with a new workforce. And I'm not just talking about age. So this is especially true for the millennials and the Gen Zs, but it also is true kind of for the Gen Xers who are reevaluating their lives and saying, what do I want for this next phase? What do I want in this land of options? And it's true. We have options in this region, the Upper Cumberland region of Tennessee. We have seven jobs for every single person looking. So every person looking has seven opportunities. Now they may not want them. They're getting kind of picky because, you know, the more choices you get, the more picky we kind of get. And baby boomers, those who are still participating in the workforce, and there are a bunch who have retired and then come back to, to do things or who decided that they never wanted to leave the workforce. My husband and I never want to leave the workforce. And it's also fair to say that our needs are changing, our desires are changing a little bit. I, myself, a few years ago said, I'm a much better individual contributor than I am a leader or manager. My husband's a great manager. He loves managing. I like teaching leadership, but doing it, uh, not sure all the time. I love people. I love developing people. Um, But apparently a lot of people are kind of coming my way in the sense that they're saying, I'm not sure I want to be a manager. Not sure I want that responsibility. Millennials and Gen Zers uh, especially don't want to be managers anymore. In a recent survey of a thousand Americans by workplace analytics software company Vizier uh, found that less than half, 38% said they aspired to be a manager. Hmm. Less than 38%. So, and I think it's getting worse. I think people are like less than a third. And you could ask why. You know, there's a lot of different uh, things that have been put forward. Some people believe that one of the answers that you hear a lot is life-work balance. The perception is that managers don't get it, that they are having to work more hours, that they're glorified interns, that they're not being able to pay, uh, be paid, especially in middle management roles, for the extra work and extra burden that being a manager. And we got to take a step back and just imagine or think about 
what the implications are in a sans demic. In a sans demic, sans without demic people, we don't have enough people. We're in a permanent people shortage. And what does that do to someone who calls themselves a manager? You know, for decades we've measured success of companies. One of the key measures has been turnover. Do you keep your people? Well, it's unlikely that we're going to keep our people in a sandemic. When people have seven choices, they know they have choices. They know they have a buffet of choices. They can think in a gig economy sort of mindset. Well, this means that people are changing over and turning over for all sorts of reasons all the time. And if you're a manager who's working on training and engaging people and your job is to get things done through the efforts of people and committed people. You're looking at a different level of commitment. You're looking at people who are say they're going to be there and they're not. Uh, We've talked to several people on this show who say, I used to schedule people for interviews and they, they came, but now I might schedule 10 people for an interview. And if one of them comes, it's a big deal Uh, at our company, Franklin fixtures, Um, we are very fortunate. We get a little bit better ratio than that. We might schedule five people and get four, but we still have dropout and the dropouts don't explain. They don't say, I'm sorry, I'm no longer interested. They just ghost it and don't show, which shows a level of autonomy, even in the job search that did not exist 10, 15, certainly not 20 years ago. And for a manager, that's a particularly difficult burden. So we see managers who are constantly looking at how do I train? How do I retrain? How do I get the people? They're nervous because they're like, is everyone going to show up? How can I be uh, responsible for the results when I can't control the narrative, control the, you know, have more influence over people being here and being engaged? It's a tough gig. And not having people willing to manage people is a story problem. It's a big problem for those organizations, which are all of them, that have the mindset that we need some level of management direction um, oversight in our organizations. What are we going to do about that? Let's talk more about that when we come back from the break, about how we're going to handle the fact that people don't want to be managers anymore. We'll talk more. You're listening to The Count on Me Culture. Hey guys, Zach Connor here with Connor Bros Wood Floors. If you're anything like me, your allergies have got you sneezing your face off. The guys at Connor Bros Wood Floors have the perfect solution a brand new floor. Is a new floor from Connor Bros going to solve all your problems? Probably not. Is ripping out all that old dusty carpet going to help? Absolutely. Find the floor, find the color, find the feel you want. Your home's new look is waiting. Come by our showroom and pick from hundreds of different options that will help with those dreaded allergies. Connor Bros Wood Flooring, Highway 111 North and All Good are on the web. Welcome back to the Count on Me Culture. We're talking about the fact that people don't seem to want to be managers anymore in a sandstemic and what that means and what we can do about it. I'll devote the third segment to possible solutions, but let's talk a little bit more about the problem itself and dig into it. Kia Abdul, a TikToker known for her career advice, posted in a video with her take. She said millennials and Gen Zers don't want to become managers because the positions are like glorified unpaid internships. And I used that term before. She argued that pay for management positions was not worth the work that you're doing. And she talked about doubloons instead of dollars. You know, if an interlevel position was paying half a doubloon and people move up to earn more for a while, you become a manager and you realize, hold on, I only get a full doubloon despite doing three times the work I was previously doing as an associate. 
And this is where people get to a point in their career and they say, you know what? I'm going to take it on the chin. I'm going to do this, continue to do this work. I know it's an opportunity to make it to the next level where I'm really going to start making pirate booty. But the other people were deciding it wasn't worth it. Some people will stay the course because they see a big thing. What what we're doing uh, in business, knowing that this is a problem, and I'm working with a lot of small businesses that are looking at the future, and they're saying, if I want to share this business, if I want to make it a co-owned business, or if I want to uh, sell this business, if I want to transition this business, I have to have a stable management group. That's a thing. I have to have people willing to take on management responsibilities. So how am I going to do that? Because first we have to realize where people's motivations are coming from. If they've got seven choices, they're going to be, people don't live to work. They work to live. And anymore, people see work as something they tuck into their lives in and out. Unless they're engaged in something that's purpose-driven, that's a purpose bigger than themselves. And even then, they're going to put some gates on it. They're going to say, I'm, I'm doing something. I love what I'm doing. It's got a huge purpose. I absolutely adore what I'm doing. Uh, and I'm only going to do it to this extent because I'm not going to let it override uh, my other activities. We had a management retreat recently or a staff retreat recently. And one of the staff members said, I can't be there because I need to babysit for my sister's child. Um, and that wasn't something you would hear uh, 20 years ago because the prioritization would not be there. Working with a grandson, he said, I, I love this work. I'm passionate about what I'm doing, but I can't work on it today because I need to get my car serviced or I need to work on buying my car, or I need to. And it's it's like these other very personal things, they kind of rank right up there with work. It's not, they don't get subjugated. And for Gen Xers and boomers, especially as Xers, we're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. This is your work. That's your priority, right? That's the thing. And not so much. Millennials and Gen Zs, they're, they're more like, yeah, they're all priorities. And actually my family is my biggest priority and my life enjoyment is my biggest priority and work is this thing I tuck in around. So if you're going to be a manager, if we ask people to be a manager, we're asking them to manage people who are thinking and feeling this way. And you can like it or dislike it, but this is the way, this is what we've got. This is what we're dealing with. This is what we're working with. And if we're going to be successful, we have to look at the dough that, that we've got and, and make it the best it can be. It's like me and my hair every morning. I'm like, what's it going to do today? I don't know, but I got to work with it. Um, and that's what we've got to do with our workforce is work with this idea of um, of work-life balance being absolutely uh, dominant. And what I'm finding as a solution or as a possible solve at the individual level as a manager is to look deeply at each person at what they really want. You know, I've got one person and she's a new mother and she's got, you know, a second child and a lot of daycare issues, a lot of childcare issues. It's not easy in this region to find. And she and her husband are trying to balance it and their work. What she needs more than anything else, and we've talked about the five Fs here, she needs that first F of flexibility. She needs to know that, that she can work flexibly. Now, how do we get the work done 
and still be flexible. Well, I've been designing projects for her that she can move in and out of in a not time sensitive way that she can work at home and accomplish that she can work from work and accomplish that she can uh, stop and start and that work around her child needs again that project focus that we've talked about a lot on the podcast this idea that we can think more in projects than positions so if we're going to be good managers Thinking in projects is going to be one of our saving graces to think about projects that we can put people on that allow them to flexibly move in and out. And that's that's one way. We also need to look at incentives and uh, recognition, reward that matters to somebody. So if if money matters to somebody, then figure out. We've got one employee, and for him, it's all about retirement. It's all about savings and being very conservative. So we looked at a life insurance vehicle that we could pay into on his behalf that in six years will give him some payback. This we use as a key man policy. That's the idea that you have a policy uh, that matures with someone, and it gives them this idea that you're caring about the same thing because you are, that they are caring about So one strategy is to get inside the minds of each person that's working with you and say, what's really important? What does flexibility mean for this person? What does fun mean for this person? And that's going to help us devise strategies that work for each person. Let's talk more about the strategies that work in a land where managers don't want to be. You're listening to the Count on Me Culture. Welcome back to the Count on Me Culture. We're talking about what to me is a very interesting dynamic in the workforce today, how young workers don't want to become managers and why and what we can do about that. And and before the break, we talked about knowing deeply what each person is thinking about, knowing deeply what each person wants and crafting an individualized solution for that person. We have to get very creative and very flexible in our compensation systems and a form of compensation can be extraordinary flexibility. A form of compensation can be a life insurance policy that, that matures and allows them to borrow out of it and pursue a side gig that they really want to do. Uh, extreme flexibility could be, you know, helping them find an opportunity to hunt on the weekends or do what they want to do. It's it's really an extraordinary level of creativity and flexibility that we're looking for. And if we're One of the ways to deal with the fact that people don't want to be managers is to need less managers. And so if you think in terms of projects, then each person as an individual contributor is managing a set of results and managing a set of results feels different than being having the little manager badge and being the manager of a group of people. Managing a results, managing a task uh, is a little easier to to get your head around and your life around. So because it's got it's got guardrails, it's containable. You know how big this project is and you know what the results are. And as a business person, you know what results you need. So you can design these projects in bite sizes and they can be as big or as little as the person is ready to take on. And that's a really great strategy to lessen your need for managers. We've talked on the show that part of the sandstemic culture, the count on me culture is moving from 
parent-child, where you've got a manager, say, who plays the part of a parent, talking to employees who are playing the part of children, moving to an adult model where everybody's coming in as an adult and everybody's able to speak to their own passions and desires and able, and able to express themselves. And it's adult-adult conversation. What do you want to contribute? Here's what you can count on me to contribute. It's that kind of conversation. Um, and people are not as interested in just investing themselves in, at work. They're not, they know they've got options, so we've got to really think differently. So project thinking is one of the ways we lessen the need for the number of managers. And then when we do have managers, the managers that we do need, we need to have a lot of empathy for what they're going through, a lot of recognition that they are managing a, a group of people that are decidedly different than the groups of people that we were managing 20, 10 years ago. They need different kinds of attendance policies. They need different kinds of rules. They need a lot of latitude when they're managing. And you do have people out there who like leading others. They like the opportunity to cultivate and develop. And if you flip it on its head and you say, this is not about you being in charge of people. This is about you being a coach for people. This is about you helping people actualize, helping pe people develop and live better lives. This is about you advocating for people. And you're going to tie in. We're going to tie into somebody's core values there. There's a millennial. There's a Gen Z that loves the idea I'm going to be part of helping people achieve what they want to. Then, well, let's find those people and let's treasure them and realize that they're less than a third of the workplace. They're unicorns. <laughs> and so when we find those unicorns today that want to be in leadership and management, that are interested in developing, let's double down on the coaching aspect, on the development aspect. That's really where the best leadership is anyway. And reduce this idea of management because that's not ever been a super effective place anyway. We always talk about leadership versus management. We need to manage activity. We need to manage things. We need to lead people. And so this idea of leading people is very attractive to a number of people. So for the people it's attractive to, let's recognize that they're doing an extraordinary thing. They're investing themselves at a different level to lead to bring about. And let's give them a tool chest full of resources that include a great deal of flexibility. If they decide, you know, we've got to help them be consistent. Consistency is important, but not essential. So long as everyone is getting what they need, as everyone is getting an extreme amount of generosity and extreme amount of curiosity and caring, if everyone is getting what they need in terms of flexibility and fun, and they perceive that they're being paid creatively and fairly, then the, the leader, the manager type, um, has what they need in order to proactively lead and manage the operation, lead people, manage the things. We do have those unicorns among us. So we want to Invest in those folks, give them resources, and give them a whole lot of love. And then at the same time, lessen our need for managers of things by moving toward projects wherever we can. Where can you do those things in your business today? Where can you 
uh, lean on the individual contributor, lean into what they're interested in, lean into their passions, and really ask them what you can count on. We are creating a culture that works. We're creating the count on me culture. Thanks for listening.